Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson from the Order for Evening Prayer from the Book of Common Prayer 1928. These reflections are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church in Tyler, Texas. Today is Tuesday of the 19th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 13. And after six days, Jesus bringeth Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you, that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spoke unto them of John the Baptist. All of the life of Christ is one piece, like the tunic which he wore to his death, and for which the soldiers cast lots. His transfiguration is therefore of a piece with his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection. In the incarnation when God was made man, the glory of the Lord, the glory of Jesus, was revealed. We saw it with the angels and the shepherds, and later the wise men. The glory of the Lord shone through all of Jesus' public ministry, in his preaching, teaching, and healing. And here in the transfiguration, for one brief moment, we see him in all his glory. And then it's back on the road to Calvary and the cross. Transfiguration is a foretaste of the glory to come but which will come only after the cross. At the cross, the glory of the Father in redeeming mankind was revealed, made much more clear and glorious to all by the resurrection. In the transfiguration, we, along with Peter, James, and John, see, however briefly, the glory of Jesus. This is who he really is, and we are privileged to see it for this brief, shining moment. What strikes me today like a brief but brilliant bolt of lightning is that the transfiguration of Jesus Christ is also my own transfiguration and the transfiguration of the human race, and indeed the cosmos. God is all-glorious whether I see him or not. His glory is simply who he is, I am. And yet he's invited me to be a witness to, and even a participant in, his glory. It would all be fine and good that God has revealed himself in all his glory, but what good would that be if we were still in our sins? What good would it be to see the true God, in an unmistakable, almost blinding way, only to have him return to heaven and strand us, still rotting and decaying in our sins. This is why the transfiguration must lead to the cross, and the cross to the resurrection. And we participate in each of these through Jesus Christ.
This means that we, like Jesus, must also be transfigured. The Greek word used for transfiguration is metamorpho, from which we get our word metamorphosis. The change God effects in us is indeed a metamorphosis, only an even greater one than that of a caterpillar to a butterfly. In fact, the metamorphosis in us is, as it was for Christ, only a completed revelation of what God has already done for us. The exact nature of this transfiguration which God takes us through is often misunderstood. Sometimes, for example, our conception of heaven is seriously messed up. We view it as something totally different from earth, something superhuman to the point of incomprehensibility. Therefore, we can't think much about it, and it doesn't penetrate into our earthly lives. Because it's entirely future in this misimagined view, it has little relevance to us and little impact on our lives. But in Matthew 16.28, the verse right before the passage about the transfiguration, Jesus says that some of the disciples will see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. His kingdom, therefore, must be present now. The transfiguration follows immediately after this. It is the demonstration that the kingdom of heaven is here right now. I find hope in this, and I find glory. It cures me of my malaise that is induced by thinking sometimes that Jesus is here with me less now than at the transfiguration. Jesus is here more than ever before. His kingdom is growing progressively and steadily, and it is progressively being revealed to all men. The kingdom of heaven is here now, and it is within each one of us because Christ is in us, and his rule extends to us who are his body. And so this process of transfiguration in men has already begun, and we are already in the process of being revealed as who we truly are. But glory doesn't come to us totally and all at once. First there is the suffering of this earth. We see through a glass darkly the fullness of things to come. But as with Jesus, and we must always look to him for our example, we know that after the suffering there is glory to come. The same glory which Jesus displayed at the Mount of Transfiguration is the same glory he is progressively displaying in us. We too will be manifested as sons and daughters of the light, slowly and partially here in this present life, and finally and dramatically in the life to come. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3.2 The trick is in looking for those moments of transfiguration in this life in which God reveals himself to us as he will in heaven, and in looking for those moments in which we are transfigured, however briefly, into what we shall one day be. When you look at yourself, what do you see? Do you see a weak, or aging, or balding, or expanding body? Do you see a terrible sinner, or merely an average, ordinary human? Or do you see a new creature, redeemed and being transformed into the likeness of the Son of God? Is your daily life a random collection of moments of experience that just seem to happen one day after another? Or are your moments infused with the anticipation of seeing and being with God in whatever you're doing at this very second? When you look at the church, what do you see? Do you see only the shallowness or faddishness or sad divisions that mark parts of the church? Or do you see the body of Christ filled with the glory of God, the new Jerusalem that has descended from heaven itself? In this life, we can't live on the Mount of Transfiguration 24-7. It just isn't going to happen. But you might be amazed where you find this Mount in this life if you seek the one who dwells there. And when you do find yourself there in the presence of Moses and Elijah and Peter, James, and John, remember who you really are. You are one transfigured by Jesus Christ. Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a presentation of Always With Christ Radio. Radio in the Anglican Way.